Rhoda Grant, MSP for the Highlands Alliance. Thank you for taking the time to come and talk to us. Um, if I can start by reflecting on something that Kenny Steele, who's the Chief Executive of Highland Hospices, uh, spoke about a few minutes ago, and he was talking about his organisation's efforts to unleash compassion in the community. Where do you think we are with unleashing, unleashing compassion in our communities? I think the compassion is there in our communities. I cover the Highlands and Islands and its remote rural communities, so the compassion is there and people want to care. And I think it's about allowing people to care and quite often you'll find that the chief carer for somebody is maybe not a family member but maybe a friend, a next door neighbour or the like. So it is about recognising them as unpaid carers because they have to receive the support a family member uh, would receive. So it's important that they are included in that and, and the, act, the Act did look at that. But often people even living under the same roof are not receiving the support that they should get. And then, so therefore I think people who are within the community even receive less support. So there is a bit about encouraging them. I don't think they need a lot of encouragement. But they do need support because too often I see people, unpaid carers, really working hard to support somebody and then they fall over. So you don't have one person requiring care, you have two people requiring care. So unless we get that balance of support right, um, I think um, it, w it won't work, frankly. Yeah, absolutely. And Donald McCaskill, the, the Chief Executive of Scottish Care, he spoke about unplanned hospital admissions which is obviously something that government and communities want to reduce, but he spoke about how we still have uh, situations coming up all too often of an individual coming in through an unplanned hospital admission, but the individuals that look after them at home don't necessarily come with them in terms of inputting into the care that they need in hospital. I think on a number of fronts, um, that's right. If it's a family member that's caring, then the chances are that they will come in. Um, but if it is a paid carer or indeed a neighbour that is providing that level of care at home, they're more, much less likely um, to be involved in their care in hospital. And I think that's an argument that goes on, especially as people are more infirm. And I've seen it work well in places where somebody has a carer that is at home with them being paid, being actually given that, being allowed to give that same level of support in hospital which helps with things like nutrition and uh, personal care and the like which often in hospital they're far too busy to give in a way that is suitable to that person mm. so if they need that level of support at home they need it in a hospital and I think that should follow now that's not always easy I mean I cover the highlands and islands hospitals are few and far between and so if you've got somebody who's paid delivering paid care in the home then having to move, you know, out with commuting distance really yeah. um, to a hospital to provide that level of care. We need to have the support systems in place to allow them to do that. And the same with neighbours because one of the things that was discussed this morning was sharing of information and, you know, GDPR people are very concerned about who you can share information with and that has almost sent things in the opposite direction and one of the things that a colleague of mine Dr Richard Simpson was always talking about was that the person who has been cared for is the owner of their own information 
Now, if they could carry that information, they could carry their patient record and something like a credit card that they could hand over to whichever point of contact they were at. That was them sharing their own information. They have control over who sees it because obviously people are very concerned about confidentiality and the like. So the, the, the person at the centre would also have control over who sees their information and there would be no delay. And I, I think that's something we need to look at, especially when we're getting more and more conscious about confidentiality and the wrongful exchanging of information. I've got a real sort of sense of energy here. There's some really influential policymakers and stakeholders and people with lived experience here at this conference who are inputting into things. Um, that can feel different though in Hollywood. So can I ask you, how does it feel? Are we addressing this problem? Because I think Donald McCaskill said that we are not necessarily in the grips of a social care crisis as described south of the border, but we're, he said we were teetering on the edge yeah. of that. In Hollywood, do you feel that there is an urgency about this that's needed to address it? Yes, I mean, MSPs deal with the public day in, day out, and that is kind of the huge part of our job, to be honest, as advocates and um, representatives of people. So people come to us and share their lived experience, and sometimes that is really difficult to hear. It, it wouldn't be the first time that I have been upset by listening mm -hmm. to what um, people say and you hear pretty awful situations so we and, and we don't get everybody because some people are so overwhelmed by the system that they don't think to come to us and um, but when you speak you also speak to representative groups and um, who tell you what is happening out there and it's far from right frankly we need to plan and invest and that's why conferences like this one today are really important because there is no point in firefighting we need to plan we have an aging population people are living longer and that's not a bad thing that is a really good thing and indeed a lot of those people who would be normally infirm if you'd gone back a couple of decades are mm. some of the folk that are actually providing the care and paid as volunteers as as family carers and the like we, this whole system depends on older people so it's good they're living longer and um, but we have to make sure that the help and support is there to cope with that with that in mind you are a member of the cross-party group on carers can you give me a, a sense of what's coming up in this term that's that's going to be high on the agenda um, I'm, I'm, I haven't looked at the agenda for this term, so I'm not, I'm not certain. But I know that we have had meetings in the past about support for carers and the, the support for the jobs that carers do, even looking at things like nutrition, which is a big issue when elderly and firm people end up in hospital, which is not an appropriate setting. And we um, talked this morning about how you keep people out of hospital. But once they go in, the longer they are there, the more infirm they become. It, it, it's not the right place for them. And some of that is just about getting up and walking about, so getting exercise. They sit by their beds, they don't, they're not encouraged to move about, because in a hospital setting people want to know where the patients are for when treatment is being given. If they're not able to feed themselves or maybe don't have a great appetite, there's not much time spent on making sure they are eating and eating what they need to eat to keep healthy so you find people kind of losing weight and muscle just by being in hospital so i think those things we need to look at as well as supporting the the people who are caring for them at all.
I guess that's the, the issues you're bringing up, which maybe don't sound like big grand issues that we might be dealing with. It doesn't maybe have the same ring as tackling delayed discharges and things, but making sure somebody's eating right and eating foods that they like, if you're involving their carers in hospital settings, we can start to personalise care a little bit more by bringing in the communities there. Yes, and I think it, it, that's where that knowledge of the carer comes in. If some somebody's maybe not able to speak to what if you, you are so ill that you are in hospital and you're maybe not really, you don't want to engage in that level? If you use the knowledge of the carer, and I know this myself when my aunt was in hospital and she wouldn't eat and they were saying, she, you know, we can't get her to eat. We knew that she ate salad, she ate sandwiches because she was at a level where she couldn't cook for herself anymore. But ate cheese and biscuits and all those kind of things. So I'm saying just keep feeding her cheese and biscuits and the things that she is used to, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. which don't come on a hospital menu. So we were bringing in cheese and biscuits and <laughs> yogurts Classic. and, you know, just things yeah. that she would have munched on out of the fridge rather than sitting stirring a pot because she wasn't able to stand and cook anymore. Um, and that made a difference to what she would eat. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to me today. Thank you. Thank you.